Hey, good morning, everybody. How you doing, man? You got, loving this winter wonderland out there? You know, I, this is not winter wonderland. I'm from Michigan. This is, this is ridiculous. This is a really cheap effort at winter, I got to tell you that. This soggy stuff is worth nothing. Um, let me just ask you, how many of you at any time in your life have ever worked out? Anybody in? How many of you have ever worked out? All right. How many of you are still working out today? Okay, that's right. Four or five of you. Way to go. See, I, when I look at that video, I just wonder, how come I don't look like John? You know, how come, uh, my, uh, how come my body's like this? And if you notice the video, the whole play on that was, here they are, supposed to be kind of the trainer and the guy who's trying to work out, but they're not together. And I can tell you this, one of the reasons I quit, uh, that I don't actually look like that, is because many times I don't do it with anybody. And I just know if it's up to me and I'm going by myself, lots of times I don't make it for the long haul. And the other reason my body doesn't look the way that it should be, in, uh, like the rest of us in this room, we've all quit. For one reason or another, it didn't seem to capture us. We gave up on it, and then we struggled with that. And that's kind of what I want to look at here today, because I think that's happened a lot. My mom was a, a piano teacher uh, growing up, and um, I remember that was one of the most painful things, uh, being part of a family whose mom was a piano teacher. To come home every day after, after work, in fact, my, mom, my dad still talks about it, when he would have to come home from work and hear, ding, 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 like all day long. That's what we would have in our home, was people trying to learn how to get piano. How many of you took piano lessons? All right, awesome. How many of you still play the piano? Okay, see, we, we, we just give up on this stuff. We, we take musical training and we give up on it. Uh, we do sports, we give up on it. Um, how many of you have ever started a house project or have dreams for what you want your home to look like and you never get there? You know, when we were, Susie and I, our home in, uh, in Royal Oak back in Michigan, we finally did what we really wanted to do with our home when we were getting ready to move. Anybody done that? Does that make any sense whatsoever? Hey, it finally looks how we want it. Let's sell it. It's just crazy. There's so many things that we, that we have a vision for, that we want to live our life for, and then eventually, for whatever reason, we quit and we give up. In fact, um, I was uh, just yesterday, oh, I don't have it on me. I, I had to get a replacement phone for my BlackBerry. And, uh, and I don't know about you, some of you guys are tech savvy, I am not. And so I get the replacement phone, it has all these directions on it. I mean, I start opening up the directions. I get online like it tells me to do. I put the CD in so it downloads everything it's supposed to be. I put the CD in. It shows up blank on my screen. It doesn't work. I'm sitting there spending my Saturday totally wasting my time. So you know what I did? I literally, I looked over at the box with a replacement phone. I said, you know what? I just want to say, forget it. I'll just stick with the one that I've got. Even though it's not working. I'd rather just stick with the one I've got that isn't working than spend the time working on this new one to make it what I need it to be. So here's a question. How many of you struggle or have ever struggled in your spiritual journey with Christ where you just feel like quitting? When you look at it and you just go, yeah, I mean, if we were all honest, we'd all raise our hands. Because this is a journey. It's a long haul. We started this thing called the 50-Day Adventure because we wanted to give all of us a chance to, to try to concentrate and focus our energies just on 50 days. Could we just take one step in an area in 50 days? But obviously, this journey with God is not a 50-day adventure. It is our life. And I just know that for whatever reason, and lots of, in fact, I'm just going to list off a few here, but I know that many of us will look at our life and then all of a sudden we start to read the instructions... <laughs> about how our life is supposed to be better, and it gets so frustrating. And you feel like, I can't do this. It doesn't work. It doesn't make any sense. And you just want to bag it and say, you know what? I'm going to just go back to my old life, even though it doesn't work, (laughs) because this is actually less frustrating than trying to do this Christian thing. And so why do we quit? Why do we quit this adventure with God? I wrote wrote down a few, uh, few areas for me. Sometimes I think it's because it's hard. Sometimes I think it's because we get so easily distracted. I mean, there are so many other things in life clamoring for our attention that it's really hard to stay focused on Him. We're too busy. Sometimes we we trade it all in for something that's just a little bit more tangible. You know, that brings the pleasure right now. Because life is just tough and I just want to feel better, so we just do it right now. Um, We already said sometimes we don't have someone alongside us to keep us going. 
um, sometimes we just feel like we're so far behind. What's the, what's, why do this? What's, you know, I'm, I'm just a worthless, worthless case, which we'll get to. Sometimes we just lose our desire. And I, and I know sometimes I just want things more. Sometimes I just want things more than I want God. And so um, my, my question, what I want you to start thinking about before I jump into this whole idea is, um, what kind of life, though, really, do you want to live? What kind of life do you really want to live? You know, I, I'm going to get back to my phone here in a little bit at the end of the message. But it really is frustrating when you have something in your life and you know it can work and it doesn't. When you know that your life could be something and yet you realize that it's just not that way. And what's sad to me, for all of us, is that too many of the times we are willing to settle for a life that isn't everything that it could be. And sometimes we just succumb to it and say, well, I guess it's just who I am. I, I read, this is, this is a really old book that I, uh, oh, it's not really old, old for me, um, but it's called Holy Sweat. It's by Tim Hansel. I read this years ago, and it has stuck with me. I, I, I remind myself of this all the time. It's actually, he, he's actually taking an excerpt out of the book, The Secret of Staying in Love by John Powell, and he writes this. Very few of us ever even approach the realization of our full potential. I accept the estimate that the average person accomplishes only 10% of his promise. He sees only 10% of the beauty around him, hears only 10% of the music and poetry of the universe, and smells only a tenth of the world's fragrance, and tastes only a tenth of the deliciousness of being alive. He is only open to 10% of his emotions, tenderness, wonder, and awe. His mind embraces only a small part of the thoughts, reflections, and understanding of which he is capable. He will die without ever having really lived or really loved. To me, this is the most frightening of all possibilities. I would hate to think that you or I might die without ever having really loved or really lived. When I read that, I just, I just, you know, this is where when Jesus Christ came to us and he said, man, I didn't, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come so that you could have a 10% life. I mean, I mean, is that what he said? Man, I have come so that your life could be 50% better than it is right now. Is that what he said? Jesus said, I came so that you would have life to the full. Absolutely, completely being everything that you were created to be. And so you guys, that is what the, that's what I want to talk to us about. Is why, what is it that's keeping us from living that full life and totally going for the adventure? Because I'm hoping that I got like 40 more years at least, you know, to live this life. And, and what's going to happen in those 40 years? And what am I going to give myself to? And uh, so that's, that's what I want to look at, is I want to challenge us this morning to say, you know what, let's not, uh, let's not quit. Let's not quit on this adventure with God. Let's not get distracted. Let's not get weary and give up. Let's not settle for 10%. Let's not settle for a nice little religious life. Oh, I just, yeah. You know, I, I would rather have, as he says, you know, even in, in Revelation, it says that's the stuff that God spits out of his mouth. It's like, ugh, that lukewarm stuff, bleh, horrible. Make it cold, make it hot. Just don't give me the lukewarm stuff. So I want to just figure out how we can go hot. So let me pray. And I would love for you as well, every time we pray, I just want to give you this chance to, to say, you know what, God? Um, I can totally have the tendency to kind of give up on this thing. And, and I don't want to. Would you encourage me with that today? So let's, let's pray for that this morning. Heavenly Father, first of all, I want to thank you for sending Jesus Christ, as we're going to celebrate here shortly, because you so loved us. And you so loved the world. You so loved each one of us. You wanted to really save us from 10% living. You wanted to save us from the emptiness that this world has to offer us. And you really, man, you wanted to bring us into the fullness of life. And I just want to praise you and thank you for that.
But Lord, at the same time, we know that many of us give up on the spiritual journey just like we gave up on our piano lessons or we gave up on working out or we gave up climbing that peak because it was just too hard. And we, we've never quite realized all that we could be as people. And Lord, I just want to pray that you might speak to each person's heart in here today to encourage them that there is a life deep in you that's worth living. An adventure with God. And so I pray for that and ask that you take each thing that we're going to talk about, that you would take your word and make it real and alive and active. And we pray for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you guys, so, so here we go. I have a, t- a ton to share with you today, uh, but I want to start off by just, sorry, I have to use my computer. I couldn't print things off this morning, so I'm using my computer for my notes. Um, but Philippians chapter 3 is where I want to start. And let's, t- let's go ahead and, and take a look at this up on the screen with each other. Paul says, whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. And then he says, what is more, he goes, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. Let's go ahead and just leave that, leave that, go back, let's just leave that up. I just want to go with that. See, this is what we have to remember, you guys. This whole ser- series that we've been talking about, what is the adventure? See, because going to church is not adventurous. It's just, you know, it's just not. Going to small group is not adventurous. Um, I don't know. The only thing that I know of that actually takes my soul and makes it alive and makes this whole pursuit of God worth it is the fact that I can actually know him personally. It's getting him into every part of my being. It's getting in, into all my relationships, all of my dreams, all of my desires. It's figuring out how to get him into my day, into my work, into my mindset. It's figuring out how to get him into my sin. How do I get God into all my stuff that's just warped and it's screwing me all up? <laughs> See, once I actually start to experience God in me, then it's like, wow, this is amazing. This is the adventure. That's knowing Christ. That's half of it. The other half of knowing him is it's engaging in what he's doing. And so, so I've got to let Christ into all of me, and I've got to be engaged in what he's doing. Once he actually becomes real to me, more than a theory, more than something to study, more than something just to learn about, but the real living God in my life. When Paul tasted that, he said, can I just tell you, everything else in the world is like garbage to me. I mean, the real word I can't even say in church, what Paul is really saying, I, I'll sort of say it, it's crap. And I'll take it even like stronger than that. He goes, I want you to understand, it stinks, it smells, it's worthless compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ. Now, you know, a lot of you I don't know in here, I don't know if you've ever tasted that before. See, because if you haven't, that's really exciting to me. Because you need to know there is something more than religion. There is something more than just following procedures. There is a living God that can absolutely change your life. And I just know when I've tasted him, and when I've known him, and when he's made himself real to me, I too, then everything else in the world just starts to get really dim (laughs) and dark. It's just not even attractive anymore. That's what Paul is saying. And what I want to encourage you, when we talk about, man, how do you do this for the long haul? I'm telling I'm not tell, I'm not I'm not gonna talk to you about how do I go to church for the long haul? Because <laughs> I want to tell you, if 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 it's all about going to church for you, I my gut is you probably won't be here very long. Because <laughs> it's just not that great, <laughs> you know? But if it's about increasing your knowledge of Jesus Christ, it's worth it. Everything we do is worth it. Okay? Now, I'm going to go through this passage with any Philippians, and I'm going to share what I think are some motivations. Now, to be honest with you, I've got to go through them. I found too many, to be honest with you, but I talked them through with my wife, and I go, how do I not share all these? Because every one of them 
is important, and they all work, and they're all a part of my life. So if you have your notepad in your paper, um, I don't even have some fancy acronym to help you remember or anything like that. I'm just going to share these things with you. And what, I was, what I've been praying for this morning is one of these, hopefully, will actually hit you. I, I, you know, maybe all seven will, and you'll be, boom, your you know, head will explode. But just try to grab on to one that you feel like that you can do that can help you run the race and actually finish it. Get to the finish line. Don't stop. Become a virtuoso and not a, you know, on your violin. You know, taste it, experience it, get past the 10% and go for it, okay? So here we go. Let's, uh, let's go uh, for Philippians chapter 3, and let's start with verse 12. I'm going to give you seven things, because it's the perfect number. Seven things that you're going to be able to do, I believe, that will help you experience the fullness of God and not give up on this thing. Philippians 3, chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse 12, he says this, Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already been made perfect. I'm going to stop right there. See, when I read Paul's experience in the Bible, I'm always like, man, that dude had it. But the one thing that he knew when he was like, man, I am going to go for this, he said, let me just tell you guys something right off the bat. I, I ain't got this down. Not that I, I haven't obtained this. I haven't been made perfect in this. Here's the first thing that will help you run the race for the long haul. Number one, give yourself a break. Give yourself a break. Some of you in here are way too hard on yourself. You, you, you look at your life, you look in the mirror, and you just, you beat yourself up to a pulp. And sometimes that is so, it can be so discouraging to look at your life and realize how far away you are from Jesus. Anybody ever, anybody ever deal with that? Okay, you and me, Mike, let's, let's have a conversation. I, I mean, it's, it's, but seriously, I think what will happen is it, it, we get discouraged instead of encouraged. And partly what discourages us is we look at our life and we just go, man, I've got so far to go. Is this really worth it? I don't see any change happening. One of the things we have to remember, you guys, this is a long journey. You don't become like Jesus overnight. Nobody has, ever. It's with an ever-increasing glory. It's step by step. It's a growth for the rest of our life. And I just know for some of you in this room, you need to give yourself a break. And if you could actually agree with Paul, not that I've got this all together, not that I've been made perfect, then some of you would go, okay, then I can keep running. And I just want to give you some freedom today to give yourself a break. Because none of us are there. Okay? Now, what that doesn't do is ever give us a chance to say, well, I guess that's just who I am then. <laughs> I guess I'll always just be this way. That is a lie from the pit of hell as well. All right? Because here we go. Paul goes on. He says, I haven't obtained all this or been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Here's the second thing you've got to do to be able to stay on the journey with Christ for the long haul. The second thing is don't forget the vision. Don't. And actually, you could, you could write the vision. And I, I would actually put in parentheses here, don't forget the benefits. Don't forget the benefits. You know, how how many movies have you and I seen where some dude is hanging on a cliff, right? And, and, you know, the the, the fingernails are scratching. He's losing the grip and he's going to slip, you know, and, and every time what happens? Somebody reaches down as far as they can, right? And they take hold of him. And what do they say? Take hold of me. Grab on, right? And we're all sitting there in the movie, even though we know they're going to do it, right? Because they always do, unless it's Jack Bauer. But, but if it's not 24, they always grab up and they hold on. And I, I think what's interesting, I love this verse. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. One of the things that keeps me going on the journey no matter how hard, no matter when I don't feel him, no matter when I'm easily distracted, I'll remember this. Christ Jesus took hold of me for something. He grabbed me first. Now, I do know that what he was doing initially was simply saving me 
from falling down to my death. Now that should be enough, wouldn't it? (laughs) I mean, if he just took hold of me to stop me from falling all the way down to my death, that would be enough. But that's not all he did. He took hold of you to bring you up to life so you could live. Don't forget the vision that Jesus died so you and I could live. Jesus rose from the dead so he could give us the power to live a new life. And the benefits to that are ridiculous. (laughs) I mean, this is when we get to the fruit of the Spirit stuff, right? The love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. The stuff that makes a life look good. Jesus said, "I, I not only saved you from burning out and destroying yourself, I saved you so you could live. Don't forget, for Paul... When he said, man, I, I, I consider everything garbage compared to knowing Christ. And then he looked at it and he said, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm, I, I haven't got this all together. I'm giving myself a break, but I'm going to tell you this, man, I am pressing on <laughs> to take hold of that for which he took hold of me. If some of you today could simply believe again and afresh that Christ took hold of you so you could really live, then you could jump on the adventure again and keep going. So don't forget the vision, all right? So then, he goes, brothers, I do not consider myself yet, yet to have taken hold of it, but this one thing I do, and then he goes on this list. So he says, this one thing I do, and then he gives us some things, okay? But what he's saying is this one thing I do, the one thing for Paul is, I'm going to know Christ. I'm on him intimate and in my life. Here's your number, here's your third one, though. What is the first thing he says? This one thing I do, I forget what is behind. Here's your third thing to keep going in the race. Forget the past. Forget the past. And you guys, when I, when I think about this, I, I don't think anything can mess up our spiritual journey more than if we're trying to do it looking backwards. I mean, have you ever really tried to run a race looking backwards? I mean, how, how well are you going to do? You know, how many of you ever been in a car accident because you were looking backwards? Okay? I just know for me, it's like, man, if you don't keep your eyes on the road, you know, and you take them off, all of my accidents, all like three of them, have happened because I took my eyes off the road. And here's what happens, you guys. If you're looking backwards, and I know some of you are today. Some of you are looking at what you did last night. Did you guys know that last night is the past? Did you know that? Isn't that beautiful? I love the fact that God created time, so there's a yesterday. <laughs> and there's a tomorrow. <laughs> It's a gift from God. Some of you are sitting here this morning and you are not running the race because all you're doing is remembering what you've done. And you've got so much guilt and so much shame. And I'm telling you right now, Paul says, forget it. Forget it. Every one of your sins was in Christ's body when he was on the tree. It has been paid, it's finished, it's done. I'm telling you guys, believing in the gospel, going right back to the core of what we're all about, is absolutely critical for me to keep going forward. Because if I don't accept his forgiveness completely for my past, then I'm going to always have my head turned back like this, and I can't run full forward. So you've got to forget the past. But not only what you've done wrong, some of you are also holding what somebody else did wrong. And you're stuck in the past is not your own sin, but it's somebody else's sin. And I'm telling you, unforgiveness will keep you from being able to run the race. It, it will make you, it just, it'll, it'll make you bitter. It can paralyze you. It can completely distract you. And, and Paul says, this one thing I do, you guys, so that I can take hold of what Christ took hold of me for first thing I got to do, I got to forget the past. I, I gave a message of like three months ago on anxiety and on worry. And I, I tell you, the, the one phrase in there, actually, I actually got something out of my own message, which was kind of nice. Um, but what it was, was this. I can't change yesterday. I can't change yesterday. I can't control tomorrow. But I can be faithful today. I, I'm telling myself that almost every day. Can't change yesterday. Can't control tomorrow. But I can be faithful today. And I want to tell you, when the scripture says that his mercies are new every morning, 
I, for one, am really glad. Every morning. You guys, if you're stuck in the past, and if it's your own sin, man, I'm telling you, do you believe really in the gospel that Jesus died for everything? Everything. The prison door is like open. (laughs) Are you sitting in the prison, even though the door's been open? Come on out. And then secondly, if you're looking at somebody else's sin, don't forget that all yours has been forgiven. Don't get caught up in the past. I I, I know you can't run the adventure experience more than 10% living unless you do. All right? So that's number three. Forget the past. And then Paul says, one thing I do, forgetting is what is is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Here's the fourth thing you got to do to be able to stay on the adventure with God. Know him all the days of your life until you see him in heaven one day. You got to focus on the goal. You got to focus on the goal. And uh, I want to read you another passage here because uh, uh, it's Hebrews chapter 12, starting with verse 2. It says this, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand in the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. <laughs> See, can I, can I, like, one of the things that, that cracked me up uh, getting ready for this message today is obviously human nature has a tendency to give up because the Bible talks about all the time, like, how do we not do this? How do we not grow weary in our spiritual adventure with Christ and not give up? And one of the things he says is, consider Christ, you guys, and fix your eyes on him. How did Jesus go through such absolute, complete injustice? Unbearable pain, physically, and be separated from the Father, which he had never experienced ever in his whole existence. How did he endure that? It was for the joy set before him. I mean, come on. Hey, if you have ever tried to do any of these other things we talked about, I'm, I'm serious. It is like hell listening to kids play piano all day long in my house. It, and, and, it, you know what was, and here's the other thing that happened. Every time someone who was a little older started to take piano lessons, every one of them quit. They couldn't do it. You know why? Because they wanted to play like, like this or like that, and they had to do like twinkle, twinkle, little star. You know, chopsticks. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, and it's hard. And it's painful. And you guys, when it comes to trying to stay in our relationship with Christ, you've got to have the vision inside of you. You've got to have joy set before you. And you guys know this, if it, the whole endurance of why in the world would you continue to exercise for the joy of actually having a body that works, one that's healthy, one that has energy, all that. When that captures you, then you can go for it. I'm telling you, what we can't forget is that in this life, this life right here is going to be like that. I know it doesn't feel like it now. It sure doesn't to me. Some days are so long. <laughs> Some seasons feel unbearable. What we can't forget is to focus on the goal. I think it was humanly unbearable for Jesus too when he was in the garden. That's why he's sweating like drops of blood because it was so intense for him. But for the joy set before him, he endured. When it gets really tough to follow God, when you don't feel them anymore. When you have questions and doubts inside your head. When life doesn't go well. <laughs> See, that's what's always funny to me. As Christians, we feel like our life should go really good after we accept Jesus. And we forget that he said, no, actually in this life you're going to have lots of trouble. <laughs> Just like everybody else. <laughs> Nobody escapes this thing. But I'm with you. I'm with you. See, what we got to remember, you guys is this is literally a pilgrimage. The Bible tells us this isn't even our home. We're actually citizens of heaven. And I know for me that when I struggle to keep going, one of the things I've got to do is what Paul did. I've got to forget what is behind, but I also have to focus on the goal and keep my mind heavenward in Christ. And remember, we're all going to go there someday, and it's going to be worth it to stay on the journey right now. All right? 
So that's number four. Here's number five. Let's go back uh, to uh, Hebrews. I mean, I'm sorry. Let's go back to Philippians 3. He goes, brothers, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. One thing I do, I forget what's behind. I strain toward what is ahead. Let's go to verse 14. And he goes, and I press on towards the goal. Uh, Rutledge is actually speaking up at North, and we were talking about this. Pressing on. How do we press on in the adventure with God? I want to give you three things, kind of subsets of what I think it is to press on. The first one is this. So this would actually be number five for you. Number five is to throw off all the hindrances and the sin. So let's go back to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, and look at this. Hebrews 12, 1. Actually, that's two. Do you have one? There we go. Hebrews 12, 1. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race that's marked out for us. Okay? Here you go. Hindrances. You guys, these, the word actually here, are weights. These are weights. Now, actually, um, I want to show a video before I jump into these next three points. I forgot about that. I want to show a video about what I think it means to press on in a race. And after we watch this video, I think these uh, illustrations will help a little bit more. So let's, let, some of you have probably seen this, but let's watch this real quick. Derek Redmond in the best form he's shown since he broke the British record. He was in great shape, you know. He, he was, had a chance, possibility of maybe getting a medal there. The Cuban Hernandez has got uh, Redmond to aim at, and so too in lane number three is Steve Lewis. But Redmond's got off very fast indeed, and so too is Ismail of Qatar. Down the back straight, he's the fractional leader. Bardo of Nigeria has gone very quickly, and Redmond has broken down. He's on the track, kneeling down, and Derek Redmond, on his injury problem, the jinx has struck again. Running down the back straight, I heard a funny clap or a pop, and I honestly, for a split second, thought I'd been shot. Uh, and then, obviously, I realised I've, I've pulled a hamstring. And then when the pain sort of died down, I remembered where I was and what I was doing, and I remember thinking, quick, you're in the Olympic semi-finals, you prat, get up and start running. And I got to the 200 metre mark after hobbling 50 metres and looked across and all the guys had finished. And it pretty much hit me that, you know, it ain't going to happen, it's all over. I would have laid there. You know, to be honest, there's no way I would have got up, because hamstring, when you've got a hamstring, you know you've got a hamstring. He just wants to finish. His dad's trying to run under the track to stop him. He's going to tell him, Derek, don't. The old man went to put his arms around me and I was just about to try and push him off because I thought it was someone else. I didn't see him, he sort of jogged from behind. And uh, he said, look, you don't need to do this, you can stop now. You haven't got nothing to prove. And I said, oh, I have, you know, get me back into lane five, I want to finish. Now in the greatest arena in sport, he's getting the cheer of the games. I would never have wanted to be in Derek's shoe at that time. You know, it was a sad moment. It was a, you know, a great moment, you know, in the sport, to be honest. It's a figure, a picture that just stays in your mind forever because you don't want to see any athlete having to go through that. You just knew how destroyed he was and just how much that race meant to him. I don't know if you guys have seen that before, but um, I just, I, I literally, I'm, I'm always, every year the Olympics come up, I'm in awe. I'm in awe of what these athletes give up to be the best in the world. They literally give up their life, you know, to be able to do that. And then to have your eyes set on that prize and to have your hamstring snap, uh, to feel like you got shot, um, and to finish the race. That's pretty amazing. So now, let's throw up Hebrews 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders 
and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. See, the first thing that hits me with this is that there is a race marked out for us. God has a race marked out for us. He has given you, he's created you, he has given you life, and he's redeemed you so that you could have life to live. And then he says, there's two things we've got to do here, you guys. Number one, we've got to throw off our hindrances. And again, if I really want to know Christ, I just know for me, in my struggle, there are just some things that hinder me from running the race. They're not even necessarily bad. But I've got so much time in a day, and sometimes I give my time or very little to God. I have resources that I could use for God's kingdom, but I use them in other things. I have a certain amount of energy every day. And I'll give my energy to certain things. And the question is, sometimes, you guys, there are things in your life that are just distractions. They're not bad, but they're keeping you from really being able to run the race. And what Paul is saying is, throw those things off, you guys. Throw them off. The one thing I do remember, have to remind myself, and this is part of even keeping your focus on the goal of heaven, is when we get to heaven, nothing else is going to (laughs) matter. And that's when we're going to realize all the stuff that we loaded ourselves down with that kept us from really being able to run. So one of the ways, if you want to really keep on the adventure, run with perseverance, the race marked out. Can you imagine being in the Olympics? Can you imagine seeing a runner in the Olympics who's got like ankle weights on? You know, he's got a, you know, a flak jacket. He's got all this heavy stuff. I mean, you would look at him and you'd go, what are you doing? <laughs> Throw it off. Get rid of everything so you can really run the race. And I just, I just, maybe some of you today just need to look at your life and go, man, it is so full of so many things that I can't even really run for Jesus. I just can't. And maybe some, there's some things that they're, they're probably good things that you might have to just kind of set aside so you can really run the race. But then he also says, don't only throw off what hinders, then he says, throw off the sin that entangles us. <laughs> can you imagine again, if, you, if you've ever tried to run with your shoelaces tied, <laughs> how far are you getting? <laughs> See, it, at, at best, you're totally slowed and you can't go. And normally what happens with sin is you do what? You, you fall. And again, here we are trying to run this race, trying to live the life that God has for us, believing that we have love and joy and peace and patience and purpose and all the stuff inside of us. And yet it's the sin that comes in and we've got to throw it out, you guys. And I just know again, for me, that means confessing it on a regular basis and not giving into it for the long haul. If you fall, Remember, you can get up and you can finish the race. But if you got stuff in your life right now that you know is not of God and you really want to run this race, it's just, it's just not going to work very well. All right, so throw them off. That's number five. Here's number six. So to please the Spirit. So to please the Spirit. Let's look at Galatians chapter six here. It says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Verse 8. Do we have that or do we just have 7? All right, let me keep going. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. And the one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. So notice, you guys, again, what's, what, what, what the Bible is telling us is it says, don't become weary in doing good. So it doesn't just throw stuff off. It doesn't just throw off all the stuff that hinders you, throw off the sin that entangles you. Uh, at the same time, though, you got to sow. <laughs> like, you know, any athlete that gets to the point where they can run the race, they train. They eat the right foods. They do the exercises that are necessary. And if they don't get weary, if they don't give up in doing those good things, then they're free to run. They're free to compete. And so one of the things the Bible says as well is don't just, it's not just about throwing off all the stuff that's bad. It's also about engaging in the things that are good. So to please the Spirit. 
And that simply means don't become weary in doing good. Every time that you have a choice and you choose to do what God wants you to do, it strengthens your spirit and it helps you to keep running the race. So so to please the spirit. And number seven is this one, is connect yourself with others. Connect yourself with others. In that picture, watching his dad come out of the stands and get on the, on the, on the track and put him up underneath him to help him get to the end. I'm telling you. You guys, I, I know this right now. There is no way, there's no way I experience the adventure with God of really knowing Christ by myself. You, 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 you don't. You're not created for it. And I don't know anybody who's able to do it. So, so here we go. Look at this verse. Hebrews chapter 10. It says, let us hold unswervingly. Again, what's our tendency? To, you know, to, just to go off the path. Hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess for he who promises faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. You guys, if you're trying to have the fullness that Christ has for you and you're not connecting your life with another person who's helping you do this, we've been calling it here running partners. (laughs) If you don't have a running partner, somebody who knows you and knows your life and is holding you to it, who's doing this right here, that you're not giving up meeting with, first of all, and that you're being encouraged by and spurred on to do these good deeds. You guys, we're too human to do this on our own. And, and this, this issue right here, for the long haul in your spiritual journey, one of the most critical things you can do is get into a relationship with somebody that you can trust who could help hold you to this. Now, I know for some of you in here, you're like, I, I don't have anybody. There's, I would love that. I'd love to have somebody in my life. We have to take like some first steps, I think, before you actually get like a running partner. For some of you, you just need to take maybe one step to get out of the Sunday morning experience only. Because again, you can come to church and go home and nothing, I mean, something can happen in your heart. But to make it last, you're going to have to be connected with somebody else. So we have all these serving teams that have give you an opportunity to start rubbing shoulders with people and getting to know people and start to build relationships We have life together groups that are going on all over the place where you can now take another step and and build into your spiritual relationship. And I just know for me, it's it's in those first steps where I get into kind of like a smaller group of people, not just the mass of a Sunday morning, but a little bit smaller group of people. That's where I meet the people who become my running partners. That's where I start building the friendships and finding those that I actually connect with at a soul level. I'm telling you right now, The Bible knew it. Jesus knew it. God knows it. The only way you're going to stay on the adventure for the long haul is you've got to get connected in your life to another human being, to a few of them who can encourage you and support you and at some times have to put your arm around you and walk you across the finish line because it just at certain points can get too tough. All right? So there we go. Let me just run through them real quick for you. Give yourself a break. Don't forget the vision or the benefits. Forget the past. Focus on the goal. Throw off everything that's hindering you. So to please the Spirit and connect yourself with others. And I just want to tell you, as I I talk through those with Susie, I know for me, all seven of those things are just, they're the things that help me run the race. They're the ones that help me to really know Christ and to stay on the adventure so that my faith is alive and active and not just something where I'm going through the motions. But i got to close the service with this. Um, Mike and I were all finished with everything that we were doing in the message. And, um, and then I just, I just thought about my own life. And I just thought about, um, really, what has kept me on the adventure for the long haul? And, I, and, and again, this morning, I was going through the whole message, and I got to this point, and I, just, I, feel, like I, I feel like I need to close this service um, with maybe what's the key to this whole thing. I think it is. 
See, I gave my life to Christ when I was 11. And I, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, I don't know when you gave your life to Christ. But I know this, for eight years, my journey with Jesus was like this. Talk about unswervingly. I was like this swerve expert, you know? I was like driving on icy roads. You know, you know I was just, then I'm back, and then I'm really far away, and then I'm back, and then I'm really far away, and then I'm high, and then I'm really low. And then I, anybody know that journey with Jesus? Okay. My journey with Jesus, and he was there, but sometimes I was on the ride, and to be honest with you, sometimes I just wasn't. And I'm totally living life of sin, I'm bagging him, and it's not an adventure at all. And I know that for some of you, so far in your Christian experience, your journey has been just a swerve. Sometimes you're with him, sometimes you're not. Sometimes he matters, sometimes he doesn't. You go to church for a while, you don't feel like it for a while. And, uh, and I was sitting there thinking, but ever since I was 19 years old, something changed. Something changed. And I've never been the same. And I was like, holy crow. I have stayed on this journey now for 25 years. Now I've fallen. And I've been dry. I've struggled. Had lots of questions. But in the midst of all those, I have never, I can honestly say, for 25 years, not been on the adventure with God. I just felt like, okay, all those other seven things, I do. And they're part of my life. But I think they're kind of useless unless this other thing happens. And that is, when I was 19, I surrendered all of my life to Jesus. And everything changed. I, I believe I received Christ when I was 11. I think, though, that some of us receive Christ and with the forgiveness, but we've never actually lived the life. And I think the reason we haven't is because we've actually never died to ourselves Completely. And said, you know what, God? I want all of you. I don't want a part of it anymore. I want all of you. And I just felt like this morning, I just needed, I I don't know. I don't know where you're at on your journey, but I, I just have this sense that maybe somebody here today is sitting there and saying, you know what? I too, I have a foot in both camps. I kind of like the God thing and I like Jesus thing, but I I like being in control too. (laughs) You know, I I want Jesus and I want everything he offers, but to be honest with you, the sin and full life I'm living is fun and I want to do both of them. And I just want to tell you, as long as you want to do both of them, you'll never be able to really run the race. And for some of you today, I think God's saying to you, hey, run the freaking race. Throw it off and go for it. Give me your life. I really am good. I know the enemy says I'm not. I know the enemy says if you give this up, your life's going to stink. I'm telling you, you will finally find it. That's what's going to happen, and that's why he doesn't want you to do it. He's been lying for you for too long, and I believe that this morning, some of you need to realize I was made to be in relationship with, with God. You were made for this. You were not made to be on your own. You were made to run the race that he marked out for you. And Van, why don't you guys come on up? And I just, I, I want to close our service today 
by giving you a chance in these next last 15 minutes to simply take your heart and open it to God and confess to him right now today. You know what, God? I confess to you. I kind of like you when I want you, and when you're not really convenient, I really don't like you. (laughs) No more. I confess to you, God, that I go to church, and I, you know, I like kind of that religious thing, but at the same time, I I really want to live my other life too. No more. God, I've been trying to run the race, and I keep getting entangled, and I am hindered by lots of weights. No more. On this day here today, I want to give you a chance in your heart to say, I'm going to give you my life. And I choose from this day forward to follow you, to make you really the Lord of my life, and to trust you with everything. And I just want to tell you guys, all the other seven things will just start to be what you do because you're on the race. (laughs) Some of you just need to join the race. So before Brad leads us, let me just pray for us. Father, I pray for every heart in this room that's been trying to to run with their feet entangled. For everybody who's been trying to run with all these weights of other things in their life on their back. So far, this Christian thing's actually been nothing but a burden. It's been too hard. The adventure doesn't seem worth it. Some people, God, have still still been trudging through been heavy, their legs are tired. And God, I want to pray right now today that you set them free by the power of your Holy Spirit, the power of your Holy Spirit convicting us right now in this moment to stop living for ourselves, to stop getting caught up in the things of this world, but maybe for the first time actually surrendering our life to the living Christ completely and wholly and fully. God, remind us that this is what we were made for and that we can do it with your power. And your power only comes in full surrender of our life to you. So I just pray that you do that right now. Work in our hearts as we worship you in Jesus' name.